Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Dan Time Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McArdle. It's great to have you here. It's great to have you back. Or if you're a first-time listener, thanks for getting here however you arrived. In my quest to share with you the people and the stories of the distinguished members of the Daniverse and those in its orbit, I've highlighted leaders, innovators, entrepreneurs, creatives, entertainers, you name it, and there will be many more to come. But now it is time to shine the light on an organization and a community with the Dan designation, if you will. Today, I introduce to you Ms. Jeannie Cook. Jeannie is presenting to us some of the history, the significance, and the intrigue of the Danville Dan's Baseball Club. The Dan's play in the Summer Prospect League. Jeannie is the first of what I hope will be many female guests on the Dan Time Podcast. She has been the general manager and co-owner of the Danville Dan's in Danville, Illinois, since 1989. Jeannie is also the executive director of the Danville Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. Not only will you hear about the great legacy of the Dan's and Danville Stadium, which was built in 1946, but you'll hear about the culture, attractions, and charm the city of Danville has to offer. Whether you're single, looking for a fun town, which is just two and a half hours south of Chicago, or if you've got young kids, maybe looking to make a move, or maybe you're nearing retirement age. Whatever the case may be, Danville, Illinois may just be the destination for you. Along with her husband, J.D., Jeannie was inducted into the Danville Area Community College Hall of Fame in 2015. The Cooks have been longtime supporters of Danville Community College Athletics and are very active in the annual NJCAA National Basketball Tournament. If you're a fan of baseball movies or John Goodman, you might remember the movie The Babe, filmed in 1992 at Danville Stadium. Please visit danvildans.org. And to learn more about the city of Danville, whether you just want to take a quick trip there, a nice three-day weekend to Danville, visit cityofdanville.org. That's D-A-N-V-I-L-L-E. I think you're going to thoroughly enjoy this conversation with Jeannie Cook. I cannot thank her enough for making time for Dan time. All right, without giving too much more away, let's get to the conversation. Folks, it is Jeannie Cook time, presenting the Danville Dans and the city of Danville. Jeannie, thank you so much for making time today for this conversation. I'm happy to be here, Dan. Now, the Danville Dans. This is a collegiate summer baseball league. Uh, they play in the Prospect League. And Jeannie, are you, am I correct in saying, I know they're not one of the flagship teams, but this is one of the longest running franchises in the Prospect League. Is that correct? Yes, by far, it is the uh, longest, I would say longest living team because it's alive and well. But uh, we began in 1989. At that time, we were the Central Illinois Collegiate League. But through the years, we gained so many other states that we had to change the name. But for any um, old baseball historians, they would certainly recognize the Central Illinois Collegiate League. But it all came about, Dan, because of Danville Stadium. I grew up in a baseball family, so baseball was always near and dear to my heart. And my business partner came to me one day and said, hey, Jeannie, they're going to tear down Danville Stadium. I think maybe we ought to think about putting a team there, see if we can get a lease on that and do something. 
Well, here it is uh, over 30 years later, and we'll, we're still there, still doing things. But it's been a work of love. So um, let me tell you just a little bit about the history of Danville Stadium. It was built in 1945, and how it got built is, is quite a historic story. Baseball fans know about the Black Sox scandal. Uh, there was cheating among players, and that was a really, really black eye on baseball. People were leaving Major League Baseball in droves, and uh, there was great fear that baseball wasn't going to survive that. Uh, at that time, all the owners got together and made rules, and they decided they had to step away, which is where Major League Baseball got their first commissioner. It was a gentleman named Kenosaw Mountain Landis, an attorney out of Ohio. He came in and said, well, this is easy. I can fix this. If you play for a specific Major League team, they own you forever. You can never play with anyone else. Well, along came Branch Rickey of the Brooklyn Dodgers. He said, you can't do that. That's not fair to people. And you just plain can't do it. Landis said, it stands. So clever that he was, Mr. Rickey started his own professional league, which is what we know today as the minor leagues. And he went around the country looking for places to put a farm club and came upon a gentleman from Danville. They came to an agreement. The city of Danville uh, citizens bought stock so that the stadium could be built. So it was built in 45 to open in 46. The day they were supposed to open, there was no outfield fence. That morning, 350 people from Danville came at 8.30, and by 11.30, we had a fence. And so the next day, the minor leagues that we know today began at Danville Stadium. In 1947, Mr. Rickey was so happy with the situation in Danville that when he sent the schedule, there was something special on it, and that was that the Brooklyn Dodger Major League team was coming to play the Danville Dodgers for an exhibition game. So they did come in 1947. And on that team was Jackie Robinson, Pee Wee Reese, Duke Snyder, and uh, Carl Ferrillo, and all those guys they called the Boys of Summer. So that's what got us started. How can you throw away something like that? What a remarkable piece of history that Danville is able to lay claim to and for a stadium built almost 80 years ago to still be standing. And I'm, I'm sure it's not just accidentally still standing. A lot of maintenance and upkeep goes on, but this, this must just be a very integral piece of the city and the people and the generations. I wanted to ask you, do you see a lot of grandparents, parents, and you know, little toddlers coming a bunch to the games or multi-generation families that you see at the ballpark? Absolutely. Absolutely. We see a lot of generations from little children, from babies on up to great grandparents that come to the ballpark. On a good weekend night or Tuesday night, which is our big weekend night, we'll have up to 5,000 people in that little bitty town of Danville, Illinois, and the small county of Vermillion uh, that come to the game. And they come from all over. Our players come from all over the country. They're in universities all over the United States and even Hawaii. So it's become the thing to do. You're nobody if you don't come to Danville Stadium. And one of the things I was reading about that I thought, hey, this really must be something 
unique to the Danville Dans. And like you said, keeps people coming, keeps the history going. You do some special things there where when the national anthem is being played, everything basically comes to a stop um, as much as it can. Even the vendors and if you're in the middle of getting a hot dog, you stop. And um, and the autographs, all the players making themselves accessible to give autographs, the kids being able to run the bases and that sort of thing. I thought that was really neat. And some people might think that you see that everywhere. You don't, you may see some version or a couple of those things, but you don't see all that stuff at every ballpark. Well, you don't. And it starts with a live music, someone singing, a barbershop chorus singing, an individual singing, someone from the area is in front of a mic in front of the crowd singing the national anthem. It's hard to explain, but if you're there, you understand how meaningful that is. After the game, the players all stay on the field. The gates are open, and anyone who comes down, the children can all run the bases. They can talk and touch and feel those ball players. They can get autographs. So it's not just about the game. It's about how people feel when they're there. Many times I've had someone say, well, I really like baseball, but I come because I love the way I feel when I'm here. That's a, that's a really powerful statement. And it really, really touched me when you said that too, because there's something very special about baseball when it's also packaged well. And when you create those memories, people usually go back to places and events that are tied to a special memory whether that you know, vacation destinations, people like to go to the mountains or they like to go to the coast because it reminds them of how they felt uh, or some great experiences. They probably come back to uh, the stadium there again and again because you all have been able to help create those lasting memories for them. Well, I have to say it wasn't really planned. It was planned to save the stadium. Uh, so over the years, we've been able to understand how family, generation after generation, that have the same experiences and love uh, makes it very, very worthwhile. And just the name Danville Dans, it's a real charming name. And you're starting to see uh, across the minor leagues a, a wave of creative names, outside the box names, pretty silly stuff in some cases. I think like the Thrillville, Thrillbillies, is that one of the newest teams in the Prospect League? Yes. Uh, there's a lot of really quirky names, but you look at the Danville Dans and it has something really dignified to it. It's clever, it's charming, but it's really a dignified name in minor league baseball. And all, it really sounds timeless. Well, we hope it does because Danville Stadium is timeless. And long after we're gone, uh, we hope it's that way forever. And uh, I think with the love we see generated for that ballpark, that goal has been reached. And I just want to say real quickly, the current manager for the dance, Eric Coleman, reached a, yeah. a major milestone with 300 wins. He did. His teams have, have been real real speedy teams. They've led the league in stolen bases, I think, six out of eight for the past eight seasons. Yes. If you're going to play for Coach Coleman, you better be ready to run because uh, you know he's going to put the pressure on the other guys. He's an outstanding coach and an outstanding uh, person, and we're very fortunate to have him. And we're also fortunate for the last two years, and uh, we're hoping this year as well, we have a very famous coach as an assistant, and that is Coach Ron Polk from Mississippi State. Wow, that's a big name and, uh, and a big baseball program in its own right. 
I was going to ask about the players. They still have some college eligibility. Is that correct? And they, when they play for the Dans, it is a summer league and then they'll resume. They'll go back to their college or university in the fall. Yes, they do. We are allowed to have a limited number of incoming college players if they have proof of graduate that they graduate from high school and they have their acceptance and their admittance into the university they're going to be going to. Uh, So we may have a couple of young ones on any given year that fit the physical ability, but also fit the rules of the Prospect League. Well, I also, before we get too far along, and I may return to some Danville Dan's questions, but Jeannie, the city of Danville itself is rich in history. You have very unique murals, museums, theaters, Abraham Lincoln, uh, historical markers. And I just wanted to ask you a little bit about the attractions in Danville. I'm a huge Abraham Lincoln fan. I've got several books on him. And I remember that he practiced law for a time in Danville. He did, except for Springfield, Illinois. He did more cases in Danville, Illinois, than he did any place. Uh, He did over 200 cases in court in Danville. We are part of the Looking for Lincoln National Heritage Area, which is under the auspice of the National Park Service. took a long time for us to get there, worked in cooperation with Springfield and several other communities to see that that happens. The museum you spoke of is where Lincoln spent many nights at the home of Dr. Fithian, who was a very good friend of his when he was traveling the circuit. The bedroom he slept in, the balcony he stepped out and spoke to, the crowd below, is all uh, intact and in good shape, taken wonderful care of. So that's a great Lincoln stop. You're right, we have signs all over town. We also don't have a train there anymore, but the tracks are still there. Dan was the last place that Lincoln spoke in Illinois before he went to Washington. The train stopped. He went to the back of the train and said, if I have blessings at my disposal, old million will be in for a bountiful share. And of course, Vermillion is our, our county. So we have a wonderful war museum. That is, they tell us, the state tells us, that it is the best war museum in the state, military museum. It's absolutely fabulous. So we have a lot of unique history, but I have to mention our parks, our surrounding parks in Danville. We have over 15,000 acres of public parkland, which is more per capita than any county in Illinois. They may have more acreage, but per capita, we take that uh, honor. We also have a new rail trail that goes across our nationally designated scenic river, 88 feet above the forest and the treetops, which is absolutely wonderful. It's a great, great new asset for our area. So there's a lot to do. And there's a, besides baseball, there's a lot of sports there. We host the NJCAA Division II Men's National Basketball Championships every year. We host the American Legion State Golf Tournament, two-day tournament here. So you don't get bored in Danville, Illinois. And if you want to volunteer, I can assure you that we will take care of all of our volunteers because most everything is volunteer-run, and that says a lot for our community. Well, one uh, theme that I return to on this podcast is the idea that it's never too late to make a change, to make a move, And if people are considering 
leaving their little nook that they either been in too long or it's time to do something different. I, I like to open up my listeners ears and, and minds to uh, exciting locales that are really moving in the right direction. I think Danville is a great example. Do you see a lot of uh, young families in Danville or um, over, say over the past 10 years? How has the city grown as far as your young families or young professionals? Oh, it, it has grown tremendously. It's grown in young families, some who grew up here, others who did not, that come from other places. Uh, they come to work in some of our industries. They come for a lot of reasons. Uh, our downtown has seen a wonderful growth and change in additions. It's cost me a lot of money, by the way. <laughs> uh, uh, wonderful shops and uh, places to eat. And it's a wonderful time to be in Danville, Illinois. Now, if people like music and music festivals, I was reading a little bit about summer sounds and the symphony concerts. Of course, there's the light opera. Do you have various events going on throughout the year? Oh, my, yes. I would urge you to go look at Danville Area Info, a website there. We are every day keeping up with the calendar of events. We try to keep that current and all the information. And it's a pretty big job. We could probably assign one person in our office to do that. So there's a tremendous amount to do. And it's an artsy town. We have a wonderful Arts in the Park event in our huge park, arts and artists from all over the place. We have a theater that was built in 1898, and it's been uh, renovated. It is absolutely stunning with perfect sound and two giant balconies. It's absolutely magnificently beautiful. Uh, We have uh, music downtown on a Friday or Saturday evening. It's a very vibrant community. That's wonderful because I think that it's, I don't know if the interest has it's been sparked in the past generation or the past 10 or 20 years in arts and culture and communities that take that seriously and have a lot of neat and restored buildings and architecture. It sure feels like that's where people are, they're looking to move to communities that, that can boast a lot of those attractions. Yeah, I think I would call it real life. We have real life here. And when you talk about the arts, it swings back to our conversation about the national anthem and how the helps the format and how you feel at Danville Stadium. We have a men's barbershop chorus. It actually started 90 years ago, maybe a long, long time ago. And they not only sing the national anthem for us, but every year they go down and do a national anthem for the St. Louis Cardinals. And that's hard for me to say as a Cub fan. But go Cubs, go. Oh boy, yes, for sure. And so, and we, uh, when you talk about Cubs, uh, we also have had a Danville Dan or two on the Cubs. We have over 30 major leaguers that are or have played in the major leagues. Currently, we have Josh Smith, who's an infielder with Texas, so we're very excited about him. Oh, Jeannie, I was going to mention Chris Coglin. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. He made a play that you may never see again, at least not for many, many years. As a big leaguer, I was a former Danville Dan, that leaping, I guess you just call it a leap into home plate. He jumped over Yad Molina on just an incredible play. But 
I, I saw that posted and and uh, he's a notable alumni for the Dan's. Oh, he is. Uh, I remember that play, and I I was thinking to myself, yeah, well, that's Chris. You know, for sure. <laughs> uh, we had uh, another uh, famous alumni, and we have many, but another is John Papelbon, who won the World Series for the Boston Red Sox. So, you know, we've, we, uh, but we also have school teachers and coaches and dads, and uh, it's wonderful that so many kids keep up with us. And I think part of the reason is, when they come here, they live with the host family. So they get to know the ballpark. They get to know the community. They get to know the people that live here. So we make lifetime friends with the Danville Danes. Yeah, and that's right. These uh, these are kids that are still in school. So they're obviously, they're not being paid yet. And nope. I imagine they're they're well taken care of by their host families and, and well fed at, as much as they can, you know, the hospitality that you can provide. I have to imagine that they're they are in a good place. I always say that on this podcast, you're in a good place. And I feel like in Danville, that's probably true. That's our biggest goal, I think, uh, as uh, one of the team owners. We want our players to be our best recruiters. We want them not only about other play, kids coming, but about our community. So when they leave, they're taking something with them. And we really do our best to make sure it's something positive. Well, Jeannie, I just want to say, you know, and that was a surprise when you mentioned you're a Cubs fan. I'm a huge Cubs fan, so we will have to keep the connection open. I may ask you back on for another episode during, well, whenever it's a good time for you to just talk some some Cubs. But I got to say, I really like, I'm not just saying this, I really like the Danville Dan's color scheme with the forest green, the red and the white. Don't see that combination all the time. No, you sure don't. Our uniforms and our bats and everything we do is from a company called Marucci. Marucci started, it's in the garage of a friend and one of the Danville Dan's alumni. His name's Kurt Ainsworth. Kurt has an Olympic gold medal. He was a first-round draft choice, played until he his arm gave out. So we're we're very proud of what our alumni have done with the rest of their lives. Um, Marucci is the number one back company in the world. And we're really proud of, of what our ballplayers do when they go out in real life. And some of them are involved in the game, true. Some of them are not. But it's like watching your kids. What happens to my kids when they grow up? And it's very, very rewarding. Absolutely. For everyone listening, if you go to danfieldans.org, you can go to the merchandise shop and there's a really cool variety to choose from. If you can't make it to a game next season or you're not sure when you might get there, order a hat. Order some, you'll, you'll be the only one around your community, your town wearing this stuff. There's the logo. There's um, a red and green t-shirts with the Danville Dans stitch logo. There's the neon script shirt. Really cool shirt there trucker hat, bucket hat. Check that out. That's I'm going to be placing an order. Big surprise there. <laughs> but Janie, this has been just spectacular. I really appreciate you joining the show. I'm glad to give some exposure to the Danville Dance. There's got something really special going on there. And I, I hope to take my little ones to a game as soon as possible. Well, we would absolutely love that. I might even entertain the motion of you throwing out a first pitch. How's your arm, Dan? 
<laughs> well, it wasn't that long ago when I played some rec softball, so I could probably still throw a strike. All right. Well, I'll count on that. All right. Well, uh, I won't turn that down. So, uh, but this has been wonderful. Jeannie, I know um talked about the city. We talked about the team. I feel like we could talk another 30 minutes, but is there anything else that you'd like to promote that we didn't cover today? No, I think if you get me started again, I might not stop, Dan. So I think we covered <laughs> a lot of things. Uh, real quick, here's some notable alumni, some names, uh, old and young, that some of you may remember. Devon White, Vic Schofield, yeah. uh, Pedro Guerrero, definitely remember him as a kid. Carl Erskine, Cecil Cooper, mm -hmm. Aaron Fletcher, and Daryl Porter. Some big names yeah. that passed through Danville. We have uh, over 200 major league players or coaches that have been rostered here. How about that? We also have the Negro Leagues that played through here. So in our office at the stadium, there are a couple of posters of when they barnstormed through here. And beside one of the posters, we have a black and white photo of when Satchel Page played here. You walk in, you just feel its history and you just know it's there. I had a, a chance to meet one of the Negro League players from there's a, a few other Danvilles around the country. I think only one other with a baseball team, but mm -hmm. uh, James Cowboy Atterbury. I ran into him at the Rickwood Classic in Birmingham a few years ago. He's, he's since passed away, but uh, he was from Danville, Virginia, or at least lived there in his yeah. adult years. There uh, are 27 Danvilles, I think, in the United States. I'd love to learn the significance and, you know, we could dedicate an entire episode just unpacking everything, everything that there is to know about Danville, Illinois, and then all the other Danvilles. But it would take a little more than one session, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, well, I'll also put some links in the episode itself. Jeannie, this is wonderful. Thank you so much for making the time. I have just thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Well, I've enjoyed it as well. Whenever you can talk to another baseball fan, you've got to enjoy every minute. That's right. I wish we were ending with uh, some talk about the Cubs maybe be still being in the playoffs, but of course we know that wasn't their fate this year. <laughs> well, they gave us a pretty exciting last few weeks, though. Yeah, they did. It ended in true Cub, Cub fashion, but that's okay. I remember being, I was 10 years old in 1989, and that was the first year that I remember watching them in the playoffs and then making the exit that, that they lost the Giants that year. and. My good friend's mother, when the ball game was off, we were turning the TV off. She said, well, boys, just just wait till next year. I thought she was being nice. I didn't know that was actually the, <laughs> the old thing. Saying, yeah. So I did a lot of waiting till next year for another 10, 15 years. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, huge excited, but also a little bit stunned. It's almost like I didn't expect them to actually do that, and then they did. So, you know, that's right. being a Cub fan. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, folks. Well, uh, that's it for this episode. And remember, even though baseball season is winding down, it's never over in Danville. And if you're, I mean, you know, the schedule ends and, and that sort of thing, but the spirit of the Danville Dans is something truly special. And if you've got a chance to either Take yourself out there if you're single or take your family. Go visit that community and uh, spend a long weekend. Spend a week there if you can and take in all that they have to offer. And um, 
We will see you next week. You guys have a great week and go and make a difference in somebody else's life. All right. Thank you, Jeannie. So great to talk You're to welcome. you today. Back at you. Thanks, Dan. Hey, if you love that episode, tell a friend about it. I think every show probably asks you to leave a review, leave a rating, and I appreciate it if you do. But if nothing else, just talk about Dan Time. It really helps the visibility of the program. You can find Dan Time on all the social media pages, and you can also reach me at dantimepod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next week.